This episode of Champions Mojo is sponsored by the Health Coach Institute. I try to make like the, the highs I feel and the lows I feel as a human, I try to decrease the range of that. And so I, I like to just stay a little bit more neutral in, in everything I do. And, and pressure is no different. And so I, I don't wanna I don't wanna feel a ton of pressure when when there's when there is a lot of it. And I also don't wanna feel no pressure at all because then I'm not even excited to perform. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. Maria, I am super excited today. Our guest is one of the top names in the sport of swimming nationally and internationally. He is the current Olympic champion and world record holder in the 100 long course backstroke and a three-time Olympic gold medalist from the 2016 Olympic Games. That's right. Today, we're going to have the pleasure of chatting with Ryan Murphy. But before we bring Ryan on, Maria, can you give us just a little bit more background on Ryan? Ryan was born in Chicago, but attended and graduated from the Bowles School in Jacksonville, Florida in 2013, and then went on to the University of California, Berkeley, swimming for the Cal Golden Bears. He's an eight-time NCAA individual national champion, winning the 100-yard and 200-yard backstrokes in 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017, earning a four-peat. And those events, that's been done by less than a handful of men in NCAA history. Ryan's also sponsored by Speedo USA, the Goldfish Swim School, and Bridgestone Tires. And as a current member of the LA Current Pro Swim Team, we're looking forward to talking with Ryan today. So without further delay, let's bring him in. Ryan, welcome to Champions Mojo. Hey, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for having me today. Yes, welcome, Ryan. We're really, really excited. So why don't we just start off? Uh, tell us, you know, we, we just all finished this big quarantine. How long were you out of the pool if you were? And are you back in? What are you up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've, I was out for, for a couple weeks and I, I'm living in California. So our, our normal pool situation is still not up. Uh, so I, I train out at Cal and, and those pools are, are still shut down. So our, our training schedule is still a little bit sporadic. Uh, some days we're, we're in the pool, some days we're not. And, and that's okay. I, I had a couple weeks off after the Olympic decision came down and and, and now I'm just kind of in the mode of, of building back up my fitness. And when we're able to get back into our normal routine, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get back into that, to get in really good shape and really start putting the, the pedal to the metal and, and prepping for Tokyo 2021. How was the time off? Did you, was it, was it sad, frustrating, or was it nice? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, all, all of the above, really. Uh, I, I think the the sadness came from from the Olympic decision. I mean, I mean, I think from from a competitor standpoint, 
I did the Olympic year right this first time around. I was in a really good spot. I was doing things in practice that, that I've never done before. So I was, I was really excited about, about what I was going to do this summer. So I was a little bit bummed that I wasn't able to finish the job this summer. At the same time, I'm, I'm going to get to finish the job next summer. And that's, that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. It's also nice whenever I have a break to just really take a step back and, and, and live a normal lifestyle. I, I think there's, there's so many things that, that I sacrifice that I do to try to make myself the best possible swimmer I could be. And, and when I take a break, like it's, it's a time to, to kind of relax and, and just be a normal 24 year old guy and, and hang out with my friends. And, and so, so I did enjoy that a lot. And, and now it's really like the, the motivation levels are, are super high and I'm definitely anxious to get back into my normal routine and, and, and just start really, really grinding with, uh, with training. What is, what is a normal life look like for you not normal as a swimmer but on the two weeks that you had off like just till you said live a normal life what did what did it look like for you during those couple of weeks yeah yeah so so that that quote-unquote normal life fell during this this quarantine and so my normal life was I was back home in in Florida I was hanging out with my parents a lot golf courses were, were actually still open in in Florida kind of the whole way through as long as you followed so social distancing guidelines. So, so I was playing golf with, with my dad and, and that was super fun and, and really just, I mean, a lot of chilling in a normal time, a normal break. Like I would, I would try to go somewhere cool and, and have a little vacation that wasn't possible this time around. And so it was just a lot of, a lot of relaxing, kind of a lot of catching up with, with old friends, cooking, watching movies. So yeah, it was it was definitely a different type of quote unquote normal lifestyle, but but it was still it was it was just super nice to to have those two weeks to to really just relax. I can tell you, as a mother of a twenty five year old who's been you know out in the world, he getting to spend two weeks with him, you know, is amazing. I bet your parents loved it. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's easy for for parents or kids to, to have their, their 24 year old come back in, into their life. But I, I'm lucky I have what I think are, are two of the best parents in, in the world. And so it was, it was a really awesome time to, to just hang out with them. Like they, they are in Florida, I'm in California, so I don't get to go home very often. And so I really do cherish the times that, that I'm able to go back. Ryan, mindset is something that we love to talk about with champions like you. And, you know, you alluded that you went through a lot of emotions when the the quarantine, you know, the Olympic postponement came down and the cancellation of a lot of, you know, pro meets and swim meets and everything, you know, basically just a big curveball. What, how did, how do you handle that on a day-to-day basis with, this Olympic postponement and a lot of uncertainty out there. What do you do to maintain your mental health? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really good question. And so I think the, the first thing that, that I tried to do in this situation is just realize that, that I'm not a public health expert. And so I, I talk to people that are, or, or people that are in the, the medical field. And so 
luckily my my next door neighbor has his phd in public health he's one of the the top people at the the lawrence lab which is berkeley's research lab and so, so i was talking to him a lot and just trying to get some some clarity on the situation and in those talks like i i felt like i i learned a lot about the situation and and that that made me feel a lot more comfortable and and, and so i think recognizing that as a human being I have to do my part to to help protect the the medical community and then my local community, my family, my friends, and getting excited about that. You know, like it's 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 easy to to view this very very uh, individually and and personally, and just say like, man, like I I've had to sacrifice so much because of this pandemic, and I just don't think that is the the right mindset here. I think it's like we have a moral obligation to help protect our communities. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. In terms of like the, the competitive side, like the, the Olympic dream that is, that I'm still working towards. I mean, it's really just like having, just being able to be flexible with, with my plan, you know, like everything is, is kind of tentative at this point. And so that's, that's okay. You know, like I'm, I'm working on, on a plan that's, that's best case scenario, worst case scenario, and, and most likely scenario. And, and like, that's, that makes me feel comfortable. And, and so I, I just realized that, you know, it's like, I, I have these plans in my head. If some new information comes out, maybe I have to adjust that. And that's, that's okay. I, I think that's the biggest thing is just not getting so dialed into um, what I want to happen and, and just kind of like take the news as it comes and, and adjust on, on the fly. Oh, I love that. That's a great answer. Have you always been this flexible? I mean, I think my understanding is that, you know, as a swimmer who swum hard your whole life, you know, you've always had the next meet, the next meet to, to get to. And there've been, you know, clear goals and, and people to help you sort of form, form your guidelines and lanes is, but now you're, you know, you're 24, so you're a little bit older. I guess my real question is, is this harder for, easier for you now because you're a little bit more mature than it might've been if it had happened, say when you were, you know, 20? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's a little bit tough to answer. I mean, I think just on a, on a daily basis, like even if I'm talking about a singular practice, I've got to be able to to be flexible with what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do. You know, it's like, if I have a set of, eight 100s best average and then I get to number three and I'm, I'm feeling absolutely terrible I've got to kind of adjust the way I'm swimming that and, and like that's that's okay like going into the set I have something I want to do if that's not possible on that day great I'll shift and work on something else and, and like I, I just think like there's there's little moments like that in in every day and, uh, and so that's on, that's on a very small scale. And obviously this is, this is much larger than, than a situation like that. But, but I think the same type of mentality applies in, in both those situations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ryan, I really just want to delve in, in, a little deeper into your mindset because you obviously have had this super winner's mindset from a young age and you show up at your first Olympics you win the 100 and 200 backstroke. So you sweep, you're the, the backstroke king at the Olympics. You lead off the relay, setting a world record. It probably couldn't have gone any more perfect for you than the 2016 Olympics. And yet 
You were 21 years old. Were you even 21 yet or were you still 20? Yeah, I was like, I turned I turned 21 on July 2nd and then the Olympics were, were about a month later. So I just turned 21. Okay, so you're you're young. This is your first Olympics. You're standing on the Olympic stage, the biggest pressure cooker in the world. What tell us a little bit about just how you how you got through that and what carried you, what you were thinking when you're standing behind there and you've never done this before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think I I did a good job the the entire year kind of just downplaying the moment. And that was my way to to deal with the pressure. And then also like in, in practice at every meet, I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform. And and one of the things I say all the time is the best way to deal with pressure is to deal with pressure. And so like, that's what, that's what I tried to do throughout the year is put pressure on myself, you know, probably make something like a college dual meet, make that way more important than it actually is. And and so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I got to be ready. I've got to, I've got to perform really well here. And, and that was kind of my practice to, to perform on the Olympic stage. And then also realizing that it's, it's just a hundred back and it's just a 200 back. And those are races that I've done hundreds, if not thousands of times. And, and it's against a field that, that I had raced before. So like, there's really not, not too much. There's not really not too much, not much is new in, in that situation. The only thing that's different is the amount of people that are watching it. And so like, I, I feel like I recognize that going in and, you know, like when I, when I put all of those, like all of those thoughts together, like, obviously I was nervous, but it was not, it was not any sort of like, like crippling nerves that, that some people will, will talk about on the Olympic stage. That's, that's interesting. So you create pressure for yourself when there's really not as much pressure. And then when the, when the worldly pressure is greater, you tell yourself, this isn't that big a deal. So you just kind of, is that right? I mean, kind of from both ends. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I wish we had, we had video right now because I, I view everything kind of on, on a spectrum. And so like, I mean, everything from like a personality to the amount of pressure you feel, I try to make like the, the highs I feel and the lows I feel as a human, I try to decrease the range of that. And so I, I like to just stay a little bit more neutral in, in everything I do and, and pressure is no different. And so I don't want to, I don't want to feel a ton of pressure when, when there's, when there is a lot of it. And I also don't want to feel no pressure at all because then I'm not even excited to perform if, if that makes sense. So, so I'm always trying to operate kind of, kind of in the middle. And, that, and I think that's worked out well for me so far. That's amazing. I've never heard anybody say that. And so, so did you come up with that on your own? Like, I, I, I'm going to modulate my big emotions or my big, the big things and I'm going to bring them down from both ends. Is that something that you were intentional about? Honestly, not, not really. And I, I think it's something that, that I, I really learned at, at a young age from my parents. And, and this is more on like the, the personality, emotional side. So, I mean, in my, in my family, it was like, it was just pretty, like, we just had a very accepting type of family you know it's like people have good days they have bad days and that's that's okay like that's that's life and so like if someone woke up in the morning they're in a bad mood like we would all say like hey like how are you feeling today they'd be like okay I'm in a bad mood and it's like okay that's fine you know like take take your time to to get out this this bad mood and then tomorrow you'll probably be in a better mood and it, and so it's really just kind of 
recognizing and in accepting your emotions. And, and when you do that, like, I, I just think it's, it kind of brings down those emotions. So if I'm in a really bad mood and I just say, Hey guys, I'm, I'm not in a good mood today. Uh, I, I just kind of want some space. I feel better just after saying that statement. And then it's the same thing on, on the top end. If I'm, if I'm feeling really, really excited, you know, like I'll say that. And that helps me like come to grips with that emotion as well. And like either try to amplify it with, with the group or it's like, Hey Ryan, like, you know, we're trying to sit down for dinner and you're all amped up. Like let's, let's chew out a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of, it kind of works. It kind of works, uh, both ways there. That's great. That's, that's a really great skill. We obviously in the USA, we have an amazing legacy of backstroke, especially in men's, the men's side. Have any of those people or who have been some of your role models or people that, you know, have, have inspired you in the swimming community? Sure. Yeah, I think that's a good one. So I'll just kind of like work, uh, I guess, work right to left here. So so if right is now left is like the nineties. Uh, so in, I mean, right now, like Mac Reavers is someone that, that I, that I always looked up to. I mean, he's always been very, very nice to me, lent me advice when, when I've wanted it, when I've needed it. So he's someone that's great. Tyler Clary is also someone that that's super nice. And, and like, I think, I think he, I've connected more with him on like, I mean, more like a passions outside of the pool, you know? So like, he's someone, he's super into racing. So like car racing. And I think that's, I think that's pretty interesting. Like totally not what I'm interested in, but like, I'm, I'm, I like hearing about that industry. Ryan Lochte is someone that, that I grew up kind of seeing a lot. I, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. He grew up in Daytona. So that's, that's an hour apart. And then he swam at, University of Florida. So I'd see him at meets growing up and, and he was another guy who, I mean, even as, as I was a 12 year old, he would take time to, to talk to me behind the blocks. And, and so he's just someone that like, he's, he's just very, very good with, with kids and, and very willing to, to lend his time to help people out. Aaron Pearsall was probably the person I looked up to the most. Uh, and honestly, like, super incredible competitor, absolutely dominant, which is, which is really cool. But what I was drawn to is kind of his, his vibe behind the blocks. Like this dude would walk out with no cap on no goggles before an Olympic final, and then just put his cap and goggles on 20 seconds before he jumps in the water, goes, wins a gold medal, gets out. And he's like, cool as a cucumber. And I just thought that was like, that was really, really awesome. And like totally different from me. And so he was a guy that, that I love. And he, and more recently I've, I've become super close with, with Lenny Kraselberg. Like he, so he's general manager of the, the LA current. And that's a big reason why, why I swim for the LA current. Like he, he is an absolute workhorse. Like one of the things I say a lot is I don't feel like I find too many people that I feel like can outwork me. And Lenny Kraselberg is someone that cannot work me. Like he would be calling me about LA current stuff at like 9 PM on a Saturday night. And he's like, <laughs> here's like, here, here's what I'm working on. Like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, dude, like it's 9 PM on a Saturday night. Like let's chill a little bit. And, and he just <laughs> like, he is just dialed in. And so like, he, he's a guy that, that I really, really look up to. And I think out of all of the backstrokers, I would say I'm probably 
most similar to, to Lenny in, in the way that, in, in my personality and in the way that I approach life. And who would you say is the most opposite of you? Aaron Pearsall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aaron Pearsall is like, he's kind of like a philosopher, honestly. Like he's very, he's very deep and like you ask him a question and the things that he comes up with is just like, I mean, it's just, it's so different than, than me. Uh, I think, I feel like I think as like an operator and then he thinks as like, I mean, it's literally like, you're talking to like, like Socrates or something. Like it, it's a, it's absurd. Like he is, he is so chill, such a thinker. And he's just, yeah, he's totally opposite from me. And Aaron still holds the world record in the 200 back. You hold the world record in the 100 back. And even though that was, you know, in the 2009 suit era, it's still, like you said in your statement, Aaron is a, is, is he's probably the most iconic backstroker for, for longevity and success. I mean, you may, you may break that with your run, but up to this point, what do you think, in your estimation, made Aaron Pearsall so great? That's a good question. And, it, and it's something that, that I, I haven't asked Aaron that, but I've asked Jack Roach and, and Jack Roach is, he was a, he was a staple on these USA swimming trips. And so he's a guy who developed a really good relationship with, with someone like Aaron. He says what made Aaron so great is that Aaron was never satisfied with the race. Like he could have broken the world record and, and he got out and he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I feel like I could do a little bit better than that. And, and Aaron said it when he retired, he was like, you know, like I, I didn't feel like I could swim a race better than I did in 2009 in, in that 200 back. And I mean, that's a big reason why, why that world record still hands still stands. It, it was just an incredible swim. And and he recognized that as well. And he was like, you know what? Like, I, I feel like I re reached my potential on that swim. And so then he was like, all right, I'm done. I, I, that's a career. <laughs> and then <laughs> I think that's, I think that's really cool. Do you have the same feelings or do you get out of the pool after a really good performance and go, yeah, that was, I put it all out there. I was perfectly prepared. That was a really good swim. I'm not sure I can do better than that. Yeah. I, I can't say I have. And, and like, I, I feel like I was closer in, in short course yards than I ever have been long course to, to feeling like I've had a, a, you know, about as close to my potential as possible. Uh, so long course and, and really the 200 back, the 200 back, I feel like I have just, I, I just feel like I have a lot more room to, to improve in the 200 back. I, I just think there's, there's a feeling and there's a rhythm that, that I could hit in practice pretty often, honestly, that, that I've never hit at a meet. And so that's, that is, that's a little bit frustrating for me that I, that I haven't quite put it all together at a competition yet. The hundred back is a little bit shorter. So, so I think I'm, I'm a little bit closer to my potential in, in the hundred back, but I mean, even, even those Olympic performances and, and the world record performance, like there's, there's some things that I definitely did wrong in, in those races that I think I could optimize a little bit more. My, I have to ask this question because when I told my 25-year-old son that I was going to interview you and we were talking about your career, he said, what is his life like? Does he just swim? And you kind of already answered a part of it, but what do you, what are your hobbies and things outside of your swimming life? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really good question. And 
and, and I, I think it's I think it's really important to have balance in life. Like it, I I would not be able to swim for probably more than like six months if I was just a robot and, and only thinking about swimming, only thinking about my my swimming performance. And so I I try to have really good balance. So so I mentioned golf earlier. Golf is is a really I think it's a great hobby. And uh and it's cool watching back the the Michael Jordan documentary. Like he also like the way he talked about golf is that was his release. Like when you're playing golf, if you're thinking about someone, something else or some, someone else, like you're going to hit the ball and and it's going to go any direction, but straight. So like, I, I love golf because it's, it's very technical. You have to be locked in mentally. And and that's a, that's a good hobby. And I think outside of that, I'm a huge sports fan. And so like, I, I love watching sports. And so this, this quarantine period has been a little bit tough because there's just been a a lack of sports content to, to watch, but on my daily routine, like I I'm watching a lot of sports. And then I think one of the things that, that I was super conscious about when I, when I turned professional in swimming is I, I, I was always someone that, that would, was interested in school that took school really seriously. And I never want to feel like I'm, I'm losing my capacity to learn. And so one of the things that I do to, to keep my mind fresh is I follow the stock market. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of a nerdy hobby, but like, I, I love it. Like I, I'm fortunate to, to be in a position where, where I've got some really great sponsors. And, and so like, I, I like to invest the, the money that, that I save and in uh, and the, and the stock market is just really cool. Cause it's, it's really like you have long-term you, you can look at the financials. So you learn a little bit about, about accounting financials and then also like more on the day-to-day you're learning about consumer psychology and and what's going to make the market go up and down and so i I just think that that's also a really a really fun hobby that i enjoy that's that's so important I, i i think balance is really something we hear from a lot of you champions that's that's awesome so ryan on you know, looking at your career, you four-peated championships in the NCAA. You swam at Cal. You swam at, you know, Bulls. You went on, won three Olympic golds. Have you had any real obstacles in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has, but I'd like to hear about them, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and this is always a tough question because I, I, I've had a really great life. And I have a great family. And, like, I... Honestly, like I, I haven't had major hardships. And so I, I hate to be insensitive to people that have had really, really traumatic, tough experiences. Um, at the same time, like, yeah, yeah, I've definitely had some very challenging situations. Uh, I think every day, every day is just made up of thousands of decisions. And, and, and those decisions, like it, it kind of becomes second nature, but but you've got to make some some pretty tough decisions every single day. And I would say like a specific scenario that was that was very challenging for me is about four weeks out of of Olympic trials in 2016. And so like this is two months out of the Olympics where where I ended up winning three golds. So a month out of Olympic trials, I was I was in the weight room just doing some pretty light, quick squats. And I, I felt something in my back. And, and I've never had an, an injury before at, at that point. 
So I was like, oh, that didn't feel good, but I'm going to work through it. And, and so I, I swim that day and it's it starting to feel a little bit better, but I wake up the next day and, and I, I could hardly stand up. I could hardly get out of bed. So I'm like, I'm like, man, like this, this does not feel good. But I go to practice, try trying to swim it off. I couldn't do a flip turn. And so I, I, I went to a physical therapist and that's something I, I had never done up, up to that point. So I went to a physical therapist and, you know, kind of, kind of got diagnosed and, and they were giving me some exercises to do to, to help it loosen up. But it was still a week before I could do a flip turn. It was three weeks before I could do a backstroke start. And so that was, it was a week before Olympic trials that I could finally do a backstroke start. And so that was, wow. that was a really, really challenging situation. Obviously, physically, it, it was tough, but, but more mentally, like I was, I was on fire in training that year. And so I was just, I was just bumming. I was bumming out really hard that like, potentially my, my Olympic dream was, was not going to happen because of this, because of this back injury that, that was just kind of like, you know, there was nothing I could really do. Like I, I just did a, did a squat too quick and kind of crunched the back a little bit and, and it, 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 it stunk. Like it was, it was, that was a really tough situation, but like, luckily it, it came all together for me right in time for Olympic trials and ended up having a really good meet at Olympic trials. And, and then was even better at the Olympics. So that was definitely a, an obstacle that, that I had to deal with. Did you find yourself, did you use what you'd learned in you know training and going through hard stuff with that? Or did you, did you have to use a whole new set of skills what, to, to get through that? Because I imagine that would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was terrifying. And I, I think one of the, I mean, one of the things that I believe in is that anytime you have an injury or, or a sickness, you're, you're in front of professionals. And so I was in front of a, of a really good physical therapist and I, I learned a lot about my body, you know, like I, I learned what things kind of trigger my back to, to get super tight like that. And, and so now like I, I do prehab, you know, so it's like, I, I'm doing stuff to make sure that I never, like I never get so tight that my back locks up like that. And so it was good because I, I learned a ton about my body on the mental side. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think it, more than ever, and this is really just like kind of a buzz phrase is like, there was not much that I could control in that situation. Like I couldn't mentally force my back to heal any, any faster. And so all I could do is follow the, the directions of the physical therapist, do what they say and, and, and really just stay positive that, all of the progress I had made in that season, that's not going to go away because I, I couldn't do a flip turn for a week. Uh, you know, so, so that was kind of the biggest thing mentally is just realizing that like, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, like that, that week wasn't going to make a huge difference in, in my Olympic performance. That's cool. Yeah. I see such a strong mindset of you. You're a great reframer. And, yeah, um, that's oh, that's a great way to put it, Kelly. That's exactly yeah. what you do really well. Mm. Yeah, we Maria and I do health coaching and life coaching, and we just finished a bunch of education on coaching people. And that's one of the, the things that people who succeed do so well, and it's reframing. So maybe you've had a lot more obstacles in your life than you then you know, other people might call them obstacles, but because you've reframed a lot of things, um, in a positive way that you're 
you know, you're not seeing them as obstacles, but that's, you've got some, a great, the great natural skill of reframing. And, and with that in mind, Ryan, what other routines or rituals or things do you do on a regular basis that you think make you successful? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. I I like that question a lot. And and sorry, I'm going to pause for a second here or essentially just buffer this time to, to, to kind of form this, this thought. I, I do think that that success comes from consistency. And, and so that's really what I try to do on, on a day-to-day basis. It does not matter whether I'm feeling great or terrible. Like I, I'm trying to come to the pool and, and really just approach my day with, with the same type of attitude, no matter what. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's really important. And I think that, that having that kind of mental strength and that mental consistency is, is definitely a differentiator that, that I do think contributes a lot to, to my success. That's a great answer. Do you have other, you know, just things like, oh, I always, you know, drink a glass of chocolate milk before I go to bed or anything like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I am kind of a, a creature of habit. And so almost every night, like I, I have kind of a similar routine, like, I mean, and that's like the typical, like brush your teeth, wash your face, put in my retainer, like that type of stuff. But, uh, but before that, like I, I try to, I mean, I try to foam roll or I, or I try to stretch really quick before bed. Just so like, but the last thing I'm doing in the day is, is helping my, helping my body recover. And that's something where at, at this level of sport, like recovery is almost the, the most important thing. And, uh, and so I, I really make a, a big commitment to, to my recovery and making sure that, that my body's when I, when I finish the day, I'm, I'm doing something to, to help my body uh, recover throughout the night. That's great. Yeah. What's exciting to you about the future, obviously, besides the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do want to point out that, and this is a little bit more immediate, but, but May is Water Safety Month. And so I, I want to make sure that, that people are being aware and, and staying as safe as possible around the water. I think something that, that's tough in this time is that beaches and and lakes and 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 public i mean public areas of water are opening back up and and swim schools are still closed and so i i really just want to encourage people to to stay safe around the water if you're a parent or a guardian keep an eye on your kids around the water that's really important in this time and and so i I don't want to sound bleak but but I, i i want to make sure that everyone can have fun and, and not potentially be in a, in a bad situation. So, so that would be kind of something that, that I want to urge people to do in, in May, given that it's water safety month, but, but beyond that, uh, especially as things continue to open up even further. That's great. Great encouragement. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. You ready for the, the, the fun sprinter round? Oh Yeah. Okay. All right. So these were just looking for the first thing that comes to mind, then a fast answer. Cat or dog? I'm allergic to both. Okay. (laughs) That's a good answer. Red or blue? Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Uh, Dark chocolate. Kickboard or no kickboard? Kickboard. Mountains or beach? Beach. Football or baseball? Football iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? 
coffee. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Boxers or briefs? Boxers. Or boxer briefs. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> kind of a combo. I always wonder, most people say morning, but I always wonder if that's trained into you is because you got to get up early and swim. Yeah, I used to hate waking up, but, but yeah, it's I have to work out in the morning now or else Same. I feel absolutely terrible. Okay, I got 10 more. These are for super short answers. First thing that comes to mind. Favorite color? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, probably green. Favorite pizza topping? Uh, sausage. Favorite vegetable? Hmm. Probably broccoli. <laughs> okay. Favorite swim complex that you've swum in in the U.S.? I, I love the uh, the Texas pool. Something on your pre-race playlist. Ooh, that, that always changes. I guess, What's My Age Again by Blink-182. Hmm, okay. Uh, what's your shoe size? 12. Okay. And any siblings? Older brother and older sister. Okay. Favorite Star Wars character? Ooh, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, honestly. Like, probably Darth Vader. I was Darth Vader for, uh, for Halloween when I was younger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Can you cook? Yeah, I cook. I cook all the time. Well, that's great. What's your favorite thing to cook? I, I kind of like the like Asian influence meals. So like, mm-hmm. like I love like salmon with with some like se- like cooking it in sesame oil with with soy sauce and then putting that over some rice and then sauteing some spinach and the sesame oil and and a little bit of soy sauce on that too and then kind of just like garnish it with with some avocado mm. and and that's that's a really good one. Oh that my gosh, like I'm getting hungry. <laughs> that sounds great. Okay, so last one. What word comes to mind most when you dive in the water? Ooh. Uh, on your back, of course. You're diving yeah, in yeah. on your back. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not. I mean it's not necessarily like one word, but I mean I'm always just kind of like let's go. Like when you know when the gun goes off, like there's. I mean, there's not really too much else I, I can think of. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's kind of just let's go. I like it. I think that's a great, yeah. great phrase. I, I like that, too. I think that was Cody Miller's answer, to tell you the I truth. I think so, too. I if I remember so correctly, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, Ryan, it has been such a pleasure. You are just You've exceeded my expectations for chatting yeah, with, with you. Honestly, you're so mature and thoughtful. I, you've given us a lot to think about. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know you've inspired everybody. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, thank you guys for, for taking the time. Uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today... We wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now, the takeaways. Well, Maria, they what's the saying? Uh, success leaves clues. Oh, that's a great, I haven't heard that saying, but that's a great saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so 
clearly evident to me now after talking with Ryan Murphy why he is the Olympic champion and the world record holder and why he's had so much success. The guy is just yeah. very, very squared away. And he he's he's so natural at being a champion that I yeah. he, his humility, I don't even think he can put words on a lot of things that make him successful because he just naturally does these things. Yeah. He per- he personifies champion. He's really, yeah, I, I agree. He he <laughs> he does them without thinking about them. <laughs> he, yeah, he and makes so, you so- know, it's kind of like somebody, it's like explaining a golf swing or explaining, right. you know, the underwater pull on, on freestyle. You know, if you're not a swimmer, you just don't get, you know, hey, early vertical forearm, drop, raise your wrist, raise your elbow, sweep out through the hip. I mean, you just, it's like, it just becomes so second nature to him that he, yeah, yeah. But I love how, and I'll just start with with my takeaway. I love how he was able to verbalize one of the one of the things that I think is really important in a mature human of any stripe, but especially probably important in an athlete under incredible pressure like him is his ability to recognize and moderate his high and low moods, you know, like I just, you know, when, when you said, well, how do you deal with the stress? And he says, well, an important meets, you know, I, I underemphasize it, I underemphasize it. And then meets that don't mean anything. I, I practice by loading the pressure on. <laughs> I just yes. thought that was, that was so, that was such a great, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure champions do that. And, but I don't think anybody has verbalized it as well as he did just, this ability to just say, look, this is what I'm feeling right now, but I, you know, I need to, I need to moderate that. If it's, if it's too high, I need to bring it back down. And he probably is a guy, a man who has very strong emotions. And he's learned this over the years that, you know, he, that he can, he can control them. Yeah, that was definitely a, a great takeaway. And, and, you know, he was so young when he went to the Olympics his first time and knocks it out of the park with three golds and a world right. record. And, and yet he said, you know, he just felt like it was, you know, he had done it a, a lot before and, you know, that he practiced the pressure. That was another thing related to your takeaway of moderating those highs and lows. But also, what was his quote? I think I'm going to use it as a quote of the week. So we'll save that. I, I okay. love the quote that he said regarding that. And that'll come right. just just after the takeaways. That will be the quote of the week. Yeah. So my first takeaway was his natural ability to reframe things. And I talked about this a little bit, you know, in the show was that it's, it's a skill of winners. It's a skill that we all need that instead of seeing it, you know, it's basically instead of seeing the glass half empty, we see the glass is half full. And he seemed to be really good at, even when we started with, you know, how are you feeling about the pandemic and the Olympics being postponed and, he said, well, you know, I'm really focusing on how this is saving lives and how it's helping the medical community. And I thought, wow, what a great way to look at it versus just how it affected him individually. And he reframes things so that they affect him emotionally in a positive way. And I think that is just a huge takeaway that we're coaching now. And one of the skills that we are working with clients on is being great reframers and, and Ryan is a reframer. Yeah. I, I love 
that this concept, and I think it's a, the the word reframe comes from psychology, but basically, you know, for anyone who this might be confusing to, it's the ability to look at something from a different angle that makes you feel better or makes you feel good about it. So, you know, in other words, like the glass is half empty, the glass is half full. The glass is half full is a reframe of there. There's only half <laughs> a glass. So, so I mean, if you, you know, and I, I think this is a, it's something that you can train yourself to do again and again and again, like, okay, this is the situation I'm in. For instance, I'm in the, you know, in line trying to get waiting to the grocery store. Well, this is a great opportunity for me to meditate and breathe and be grateful for the fact that I have a grocery store. You know, that's a reframe of, oh my God, I got to wait in line to get my groceries. So I think all champions, all successful people have to learn how to do this or actually really more, more truthfully, all happy people <laughs> yes, can, can learn how to reframe. So I thought, yeah, he was excellent. Even when we said, you know, this is a great interview. He said, well, you guys are, you know, great interviewers. So you know, he, he basically even reframed, you know, that response in a very humble way. Yeah. So what's your second one, Maria? Well, it's really, it, it's, it's, it follows from the first one, which is his ability to moderate, you know, his emotions, <clears throat> his highs and his lows. And it, he talked about, you know, we asked him, you know, what, what are your rituals? What do you do? What makes you successful? And he said, it's just being consistent. And what he then went on to illustrate is that when he feels bad, he goes to practice and he does it. And when he feels good, he goes to practice and he does it. Basically, he would seem to be saying, no matter my mood, I'm doing the right thing. And I just really really like that. Again, I think for someone, and I, I tend to be emotional, for someone emotional like me to remind myself that no matter, you know, no matter what, you do what you're supposed to do. You you get in the, you know, you go to practice, you get in the water and you just keep doing it. You build those, you know, stacking as Lewis Pugh used to say, <laughs> has said to us, you know, if you stack every, every, every practice and you know, doing the right thing, no matter what you feel. So I loved that. Yes, yes. Consistency is a theme we're hearing from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again and again. Many just, of the top coaches, yeah. many of the top champions. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, consistency is. Right. Just, yeah, how many times the, do you have to dive in the water to become an Olympic champion? I can't even, I yeah. can't, I don't imagine you can count the numbers. Penny in the jar, penny in the jar. Yeah. yeah. What's your second one, Kelly? My final one was, you know, it's a term that I know a lot of people have heard. I had never heard it. So you said you had heard it. But for me, prehab. Um, so rehab is the, the term about rehabilitating yourself after you've been injured. So if you do pre-work before you're injured, then that's going to help you from getting injured. So I I love when he talked about his injury and how now he foam rolls and stretches and he tries to be very cognizant of staying healthy. And I think that is one that we can all take, whether we're, you know, an Olympic hopeful training a lot or whether we're just, a, we're trying to lose the quarantine 10 and we're walking around the house that if we're more healthy, we recover. And, you know, you and I haven't talked in a week. You've been helping your parents for a week. I took a really bad fall the other day, and if I had not been in in good physical condition, I really think I would have ended up in the hospital. I was wow. stupidly wearing Crocs and socks, 
kind of mm. walking quickly through our living room and we have hardwood floors and I mm. I wanted to make sure my running shoes were in the car because I was going to drive to the pool and our pool is open, put on my running shoes, go for a swim and then wear my Crocs to the pool, which is, you know, normally you don't wear socks with Crocs, but when you do wear socks with Crocs, they're very slippery. Mm. So I was trying to run to the car to see if I had my my running shoes and I fly through the living room literally I'm thrown straight ahead on my on my belly I I, like imagine Superman both arms out and I land really hard on my chest and I I thought okay I have broken ribs or I have I mean it knocked the wind out of me Mark was not home it hurt so bad that I I just started kind of whimpering and crying. But my point is Aww. that was about eight days ago and I have been hanging. So we talk about the hanging exercises that help your shoulder. And my shoulder is completely recovered through hanging exercises. And we put this in another episode, but if you have shoulder injuries, so I've been hanging. So my, all the intercostal muscles around my chest I believe I pulled every intercostal muscle around my chest, but I'm, I say I'm about 10 days out of that fall and I didn't break a rib. I have been in excruciating pain, but the last couple of days, now I have zero pain Hmm. and I didn't break anything. I didn't break my hip. I didn't break my elbow. I didn't, I, I feel like that prehab is so, you just, you know, you don't know what's around the corner, even pulling your hamstring while you're running or, but the more we can take care of our bodies, the better we're going to be. And I, I just loved Ryan's prehab and preventative exercises. And for some of us, that's just exercises. But I, I feel like my hanging, like I've been doing flexed arm hanging, saved me from that fall and that I could have really done some damage and I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will definitely agree with that. And, you know, my husband, Jim, who's a radiologist frequently comments on that. That's, you know, you're always going to step into a hole outside at some day. Yeah. And if you're fit because you walk or hike or run or cycle or, you know, then that, that's going to be an uncomfortable experience. But if you're not, that's going to be, that's going to be an experience that can put you in the hospital, you know, and really maybe even lead to more serious conditions. So yeah, fitness is prehab. I love it. So those were, those were my two takeaways. There was a lot there and, um, there is, it was just so fun talking to Ryan. I mean, he is, he's a really obviously super success, but just, it was just, just a nice guy, very humble and intelligent and easy to talk with. And I just, just had a great time. Yeah, that was great. I loved it. And I love you, Kelly. I love you too, Maria. Thanks for another great show. All right. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes to us from Ryan Murphy. The best way to deal with pressure is to deal with pressure. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.